college basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. All right, welcome to another episode of the program. John, it's, man, it's been an insane week. For the Saints. Uh, so many moves, but I think probably the biggest one, it's a little sad that this gets lost in all the free agency news, but it kind of did, was the official retirement of Drew Brees. We knew it was coming. We know he's heading to NBC. You know, this is a guy who, you know, he retires as the NFL's all-time leader in career passing yards. He's going to go down, uh, I think, similar to kind of Aaron Rodgers, where he has a resume that's going to be an all-time great untouchable kind of resume but it probably should have included another championship or two right but what's your reaction to that finally becoming official drew Brees moving on yeah when you asked me a few weeks ago if there were any specific deadlines or dates to watch out for for an, a formal announcement from drew Brees, um what we ended up getting was him make, making this announcement himself on the 15-year anniversary of him signing with the saints uh to the day very symbolic. Uh, it gave him some time to kind of have his moment in the sun there before free agency kicked off yeah. uh, with the legal tampering window. Um, but, you know, you know we, we, we talked about Breeze and his impact on the franchise and on the NFL. And, he, you know, he, he is one of the greatest to ever spin the football. And he's, he's going to get his flowers, and uh, he, he's deserved them. Uh, he, he's earned them for, for sure. Yeah, he, he's someone who you look at – the last 15 years of him in New Orleans, and you can look at two or three or four different Saints teams and say, man, that, that those teams really should have won the Super Bowl. And that just really speaks to how hard it is to do that. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is much the same way. And th- these are things that are a part of these guys' legacies, but, you know, it's not the defining trait. Look at Dan Marino and his uh, Super Bowl success. Um, and despite that, he's still an all-time great. So I fully expect us to circle back to, to, to Breeze in a few years uh, w- once he's voted into the Hall of Fame and gets his bronze bust in Canton, along with all of the records that he's set and all the memorabilia that he has sent to the Hall of Fame over the years. So it's definitely the turning of a page at uh, the start of a new era in New Orleans, and now, now we get to see what happens next. Absolutely. The succession plan is kind of in play, right? I mean, uh, it was a day after Breeze officially announces his retirement that – the Saints make a move that I think we all saw coming in re-signing Jameis Winston. It's a little bit of a better deal than he got last year to be the backup. It's a one-year kind of prove-it deal worth up to $11 million, And it kind of sets him up to be the starter, right, John? Is that what your understanding is? It, it means Jameis will be the starter with Taysom Hill kind of remaining in his role in you know the Taysom Hill package. Probably so. It, it's very much a prove-it deal. Uh, only $5.5 million of it is guaranteed at, at signing, uh, and it's only valued at $12.5 million altogether. So if, if he does win that starting job uh, in, in the training camp competition with Taysom Hill, and if he does take the Saints all the way to the playoffs and gets to the Super Bowl and, and he's playing well, 
he can earn himself a lot of money, uh, both with the bonuses written into, the, written into that contract and a potential extension next year. But, you know, it, it doesn't guarantee him a lot, um, and it certainly doesn't preclude the Saints from making any big moves and uh, going and chasing a quarterback, you know, whether it's someone still out there in free agency or a, or, or a trade or maybe a rookie in the draft. So it, it's good to have Jameis Winston back in the building for another year. Um, but to me, it's just another part of the process of building this team for 2021. We probably saw Winston coming back. We also knew that there'd be a lot of tough departures. I thought there were a couple gut punches early on in the week. Now, news of the franchise tag with Marcus Williams, I thought was just kind of surprising, awesome news. I think a lot of people probably thought, even though you were writing about it, John, you said, hey, this is a good move. The, the Saints will probably do this. I think a lot of people had reserved themselves to the fact that Marcus Williams was not going to get tagged and that, you know, the Saints could lose him in free agency because I think he would have been highly coveted. But he's back on the tag. But there were still some tough losses. I think Janoris Jenkins, seeing him move on, you wrote that he actually outplayed Marshawn Lattimore at times, but he signs with the Titans who are clearly bulking up on defense. They also got Bud Dupree. And another guy like, I don't know, not a guy outside of New Orleans. People will probably care too much about but in new orleans josh hill getting scooped up real quickly you know there's a there's a lot of ex-saints now john but i thought janoris jenkins josh hill those two are kind of on the top of the list those ones those ones probably are felt by the fan base a little bit yeah i think so just because those two were uh, so effective for, for the saints but another name to keep track of is emmanuel sanders who sure. the saints released um and he immediately <laughs> agreed to a deal with the buffalo bills so he's someone they're going to see in 2021. Uh, several of these players that the Saints have um, released this offseason are going to play them, uh, play against them in the upcoming season. Uh, you've got Manny Sanders with the Bills. You've got cornerback Justin Hardy, a special team case in New Orleans. Uh, he, he's signing with the New York Jets. And Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins, uh, as, as you just said, he's with the Titans. And the Titans are expected to be the 17th regular season opponent for for New Orleans this year. Uh, when the league introduces that new uh, additional week to the, to the regular season, so you know, it's it's tough to see all these guys lose, and it's going to be tougher to see them, you know, making plays against the Saints here in the near future. And Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that they brought him in here, John, to pair him with Michael Thomas, and it didn't really work out. Michael Thomas battled injuries all season long. I think Manny Sanders kind of really didn't live up to the hype as as a Saint, as maybe the fans were hoping, maybe as a team were hoping. You're right, yeah, they end up terminating his contract. He ends up a Buffalo Bill really fast, and now the Bills are going to try the same thing. They're going to pair Manny Sanders with Stephon Diggs and, and see if they can make that thing work. So, uh, but, but Manny Sanders, I think we were all kind of hoping for bigger things when he came to the Saints. It just didn't really work out. Yeah, so with Sanders, he was kind of slow to start off. Um, he, he was someone who really suffered from not having a full offseason with the Saints, with Drew Brees in the offense. Um, he kind of struggled to pick up the playbook early on. And he you know, caught COVID midway through the season and missed a few weeks of that, and then he was slow to recover. Um, so it just really wasn't what he expected. It wasn't what the Saints expected when they signed him. So it made sense for both sides to move on. Uh, this also opened some opportunities for – Younger players on the depth chart, guys like Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, Patrick One Smith entering a contract year. Any one of them could step up and you know take the snaps that he was getting and potentially do some big things with it. Especially now that the Saints 
are going to have a quarterback who can hit more throws in Jameis Winston. All right, so the Saints got under the cap. Man, it was a long journey, John. They were $101 million over. They found their way all the way down by the start of the new league year. How'd they do it? We'll get into that coming up next. All right, John, so how did the Saints do it? How did they get from $101 million all the way down to cap compliant? And they did it by giving Taysom Hill a fake contract. Now, this is something that I got to tell you. It's a little annoying, the salary cap thing. We spent so much time thinking and talking about the salary cap. And for the Saints to be able to give Taysom Hill a four-year, $140 million extension that is basically a mechanism, as Adam Schefter called it on Twitter, to manipulate the cap. And it's basically completely voidable. And it's just a salary cap thing that allows the Saints to save money. And for me, it's like, it's a little annoying. I got to be honest that you can make a fake contract like that. And just, just to play with the cap numbers, like it's almost like we spent too much time worrying about this thing. But what do you think about that? I, I know Saints fans lost their mind initially when they saw the four-year $140 million extension for Taysom Hill. Yeah, I really hope nobody was driving when they got the notification for that. <laughs> that, 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 that could have been tough. Seriously. You know, I'm not surprised that the Saints approached Taysom about a restructure, most to lower his cap number, and to also give him some more security. Now, he is still slated to be a free agent next summer, so is uh, Janice Winston. But, you know, Taysom is someone who Sean Payton has spoken about over and over and over again as someone who's valuable to the team. Um, so it makes sense for both sides to reach an agreement here. Now, as far as the salary cap accounting purposes, I think that this was one of the final moves they made uh, to get to the finish line. They also restructured their contract with left tackle Teron Armstead. And, you know, those restructures, uh, you know, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, have been a major theme uh, all throughout this offseason for the, for the Saints in getting down under the salary cap, reaching cap compliance. So, yes, they did have to release it. A few, a few players, and they had to restructure a lot of deals. That, that What that does is it's going to raise their cap commitments in future years, and that, that's very much a can they're kicking down the road, uh, kicking down the road, excuse me. So hopefully the cap will bounce back once these new broadcasting rights agreements are worked out, and the NFL starts making more revenue again. You know, it's impressive. Any way you cut it, to down from 100-plus million in the red to getting to a point where you can franchise tag, uh, you know, one of your top free agents, and you can work out new deals with other players, and you can get there without really gutting the roster and losing any of your, you know, your young uh, core players. So, uh, props to the Saints for finding a way to get it done. Uh, props to Saints cap specialist uh, Kai Harley. Um, he, he's been an architect of, uh, of this, and he's someone who may not be long for New Orleans if he continues to find ways to max out their resources and field a competitive roster year in and year out. No doubt about that. Yeah, they're, People are going to be like, we want that guy. How'd the Saints get out of it? If, if yeah. any team was in cap jail, it was the Saints, and they got themselves out of cap jail uh, right on time. It was pretty impressive. The Saints made a move, John. They made a move. I think you've uh, already touched upon it briefly. Uh, they signed a fullback, Alex Arma, played for Carolina under former Sean Payton assistant Joe Brady, so there might be a connection there. Maybe familiar with the offense a little bit. Maybe he does some of the things that Josh Hill did last year. Maybe they use him in different ways. What do you think about this signing? This is this is the big signing from outside the team that we could talk about right now is, uh, is the fullback. Yeah, it's very exciting. So, um, yeah, so Alex Arma, he, he, he's, a, he's a very interesting athlete. So, I mean, he's not like a brick. He's, two, he's like 6'1", uh, 6'0", flat, uh, 255 pounds, but he ran a 4'7", 40 at his pro day. 
Um, the, the guy can move, and you see that when you watch him play. He, he does a terrific job getting out in space, setting up blocks, you know, just getting to the spot, staying on the move, uh, accelerating in a hurry. I, I definitely see why the Saints prioritized him, and I can totally see how he's going to fit the offense. I mean, he, he's very position versatile. Um, he went to college at West Georgia. And he, he Not only did he play both ways on offense and defense, um, but he continued to play all over the formation in Carolina. You know, he lined up as a traditional fullback in the I formation, uh, but he's also lined up as an inline tight end. He's gone out to the slot. He's run routes from the from way out wide. Uh, he's someone that is not going to have to leave the field for the Saints to remain uh, personnel versatile. They're, they're, they, they, they can move him around a lot by mismatches, get, get favorable looks. It, it, it should be interesting. I don't know that he's going to be a big passing threat. Uh, he hasn't done much of that in the pros. Um, but he's definitely someone who Alvin Kamara should benefit from working with and should be a big help in pass protection because he did a, a great job uh, picking up pressures in Carolina. Uh, one other area to kind of keep an eye on with this guy is that he has played a ton of special team snaps uh, with the Panthers, and the Saints are, you know, they're going to lose some key contributors in the kicking game, uh, including Justin Hardy, who is arguably their best special teams player in the last few years. So bringing in Arma now that does, does a lot to plug those holes. Um, it probably makes the offense a little, a little bit better. It is certainly an exciting move at a time when they're, when the Saints are not making many moves and bringing in players from other teams. No, you said it. Sound the alarm. We got a fullback. Let's go. So I yeah. love it. So ring the bell. That, ring the bell. That's what you said. Ring the bell. And that's what it is. And I guess that's my, that's where I want to leave it here, John. I mean, let's preview the next week of free agency for the Saints. Right now that we're officially into it, you know, where are the Saints at cap-wise? I know they've finally gotten cap compliant, so we can stop talking about how, how far they are over the cap. Now we can talk about what they're going to do now going forward. We know we're going to be watching them in the draft here coming up next month, but what do you think for the rest of free agency? Are they going to be, or at least these next couple of weeks of free agency, I should say, do you think they're going to kind of be bystanders looking to make smaller deals like we saw with Arma? Or do you think they could be in line to make a couple moves here? Yeah, so I think their focus really is working on long-term extension with guys who they already have in the building. So that's something the Saints could have done sooner to get, get these extensions worked out with Ryan Ramchek, Daron Armstead, Marshawn Lattimore, get cap compliant. Uh, instead, what they did is they got beneath the salary cap without touching those deals, and now they can approach with even leverage, and they're not, they're not going to have to concede to the agent's demands or anything like that. So I, I think that's probably the next step, uh, because each, each one of those guys has a cap hit you know, around $10 million or more right now. And so by working out a long-term deal with them, you can lower that cap hit, and then you can go chase other players who are not going to be as expensive but could be important, guys like Arma um, or players like Justin Hardy, who, who they lost to the Jets. So as far as the free agents to deal with, I am curious to see if they can re-sign some of their bigger names like Sheldon Rankins and Alex Anzalone, Greg Robertson. Um, these are all players who should have a market. Um, in, in a normal year, but with the depressed salary cap, I don't know that any of those guys is going to get the you know the big money contract offers that they might want. So it might be in their interest to return to New Orleans. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not anticipating any really big moves on the horizon, but I mean, as we see with this team week in and week out, you really never know what's going to happen next. We always joke about, ah, oh, it's never a dull moment, but you've got to be kidding me. This team is out of control, man. So much news this past week. 
You you must be exhausted. Uh, just a little bit, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, drink a lot of water, do enough yoga, and you can handle anything. <laughs> I love it, man. Stay safe and healthy. You're always bringing the knowledge. I appreciate you. We'll be back next week to see what the Saints do. I'm excited for that. We'll break it all down. We'll talk to y'all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.